0: I find that we don't always have words for things in our life. But if you look at music, for example, it's a way of communicating feelings and what is in people's hearts. Now, I'm not talking about the lyrics, but the actual music, right? And so I feel that strongly about art as well. There are times we just don't have words for something, but it's a means of expressing and connecting
1: with
2: people and healing. Welcome to Captivate the Room with your host, internationally known voice expert, Tracy Goodwin, an award-winning speaker who has taught hundreds around the globe to make a big impact with their voice. This podcast is for anyone who wants to step onto a bigger stage, make a bigger impact and have a voice that makes people listen. Presentation matters, and the voice is the missing link. Join in and you'll see why. Welcome to the show. So glad to have you with me today as always. And I've got a great episode for you today. One of my former students is on the show with me today. And if you are in the art world or the creative world, you are really going to love hearing from her. She is such an incredible painter. And if you've ever gotten a card from me, chances are good you've gotten a card that she painted. Her name is Dawn Baja, and we're going to talk all about process and voice and business and so many wonderful things. But let me tell you a little bit about her. Her inspiration comes from many things, living abroad, nature, music, art, and yoga. As a family, her family looks at life as an adventure. Their approach is live your best life so you have no regrets. The pandemic was a reminder of that. So after 20 years of living in Northern California, Dawn's family made the decision to relocate to Las Vegas. Yes, the whole purpose was to experience life in a place that was so completely opposite from the California lifestyle a brand new adventure. Just stepping out your front door is an experience of discovery in a whole new city. Dawn says it's been a blast and they're embracing the beauty of their new city and all the unique elements the desert brings. Already, her new surroundings are influencing and inspiring what she paints. We're going to be talking about her process and She's really got an amazing story about how she got to the point where she is now as an artist. I think you're going to really enjoy hearing it. She is one of my absolute favorite people I have ever had the opportunity to work with. Lifelong learner, so eager to learn and grow and just delightfully kind. You are going to love everything she says, whether you're, whether you're an artist or not, but if you are in art, you do not want to miss this. So let's head on over to the show. Don, welcome to the show. I'm so glad
0: to have you with me. Thank you. I'm very honored to be here.
2: Well, I know my listeners are going to love to hear this conversation because I think they're going to, uh, they're going to all relate to you in so, so many ways And so, so like I mentioned in the intro, Dawn is a former student of mine. And one of the reasons why I wanted to bring her on the show, one is to talk about her extraordinary work that she does. But two, I feel like she's such an incredible success story in this work that, well, I think is going to just be so relatable to all of y'all. That are, that are feeling like you're not heard or feeling like, I don't know why nobody listens to me or whatever you're struggling with. And she's such an inspiration and really kind of an amazing gal, if I say so myself. So, all right, I wanna start with, and I don't know the answer to this. Well, let me back up. Tell us what you do. Well, I'm an abstract artist, but often
0: people are like, what's that? <laughs> So what I've learned to break down for them is basically I tell stories through paint. I tell stories abstractly. I love stories. So it's my way of relating.
2: Okay, so I don't, this is what I don't know the answer to. When did you start painting? You maybe have told me and I just don't remember.
0: Well, um, that's a great question. Uh, I started painting about 10, 12 years ago. Uh, I take that back about 15 years ago. And it all started when we were purchasing a new home, our very first new home. And my husband worked for the builder. And we were in the process, once we moved in, decorating the house. And everything that I pointed out for you know art that was going to be hung on the walls, he was like, mm, no, it reminds me too much of a model home or <laughs> this or that. <laughs> because he had been in so many model homes. So I'm like, well, what is it that you need in art? And he's like, I need something that can grab me because there's a story behind it, or I know the artist and it has meaning. And I'm like, okay, well, I'm just going to paint something for you. You know me, there's going to be a story and that will be that. (laughs) So that's how it started.
2: Wow. I don't think I knew that. Yeah. I, I don't know if it actually came up in you know our class. I do remember the story you told. And if you can't tell this story again, it's a hundred percent. Okay. Just tell me, uh-huh. but you did talk about painting the pictures for your two friends who lost their children. And I thought that was the beginning of it, but that was just a, a a part of it that actually um when that happened it put a light
0: bulb on in my head and i i started to hone in on what really um what i really wanted to do like specialize in so the those stories i had two friends uh that had children that were the same age as my oldest child and just tragically we knew, we knew each other for a long time um and within six months, they both had daughters. And at the time, um, it was about six months that they had this tragedy. And each one lost their daughter through a tragic accident. Um, one of them was was actually murdered. And that was just devastating. God. And the other one just was, was instantly killed in a car accident that, like, made no sense in how she wasn't doing anything wrong. And I just couldn't comfort them. You know, uh, we were devastated. They were devastated. And you're left with this. um, It could have been me feeling, you know, Mm because it's so random. And what can I do for my friends to like honor the memory of their, their children? So I... I had no words that I could offer nothing that I could do for them to make it better. So I started to put my feelings in art, in painting and I knew their daughters very well. I knew them very well. So I I painted something that was so unique and representative of their children that I hoped that they could put on the wall and on those days that they were feeling so sad that they would have something that they could look at and help them maybe remember some of the the beautiful things about them instead of just that sadness that stays with us
1: and i, I think you said
2: one of them did well maybe both of them had sent you a letter saying i remember yeah. you telling me about that about how it impacted their lives in such a, po- a positive, I don't want to put words in your mouth, but there was a part of that that I remember.
0: Um, yes, I, I got a letter from one cause she was not, you know, local and her husband also called my husband and, and just said how, you know, she opened it up. I, I wrote a story card with each one too. Cause that's what I do. It talks about why I painted what I did, what about their daughter was brought out in this part of the painting and what you know it meant to the qualities their their um their characteristics mm. and so and i wanted them to just remember the good about them and uh yeah and so my friend's has one of my friends husband called ralph and just said oh my gosh she just because I didn't know if they were even going to like it. I didn't know uh-huh. if, if they were going to relate to it or if it was just going to, you know, make the wound worse. I had no, I was just uh-huh. taking a chance. Uh-huh. And she opened it, read the card, burst into tears. And he said, she just hung it up right away and, and won't take it down. And then my other friend that lived local, I met with her and she just shared with me that she put it right in her front entry and that way everyone who comes in her house can see and she can she can tell them
2: about her and remind them That's so amazing and and do you, don't do you call them something specific grief painting yeah. or something uh, actually I call them celebration paintings and so ah
0: it came about because that was my first to experiences doing something like that. And it was out of a need to connect with my friends to let them know I'm here. I see you. I see the struggle you're going through. Even though there's nothing I can do to help you, um, I see you and, and you're valued. And so then I started thinking, wow, life is so short and we really need to Celebrate every like moment, every opportunity, create memories. I'm very big on marking moments, milestones in life, and you know, with memories because that's all that we could really take with us. And I, I, sitting with myself on that, and I'm thinking, oh, I, that's not something I want to market to people that have just lost somebody. You know, it's not a fun thing to go through. So I, I flipped it around and, I started thinking we need to celebrate the good times. So how can I celebrate something good? And it and it morphed into these really cool interviews I get to have with clients when ever really no reason, but usually they they've had a baby and they, you know, that's a big milestone in life or they're celebrating an anniversary or just had a big breakthrough and they want to mark it and they want to remember. That's when this point in my life changed and it helped
2: define who I am. Mm. Wow. Okay, so a little bit to unpack there. The the questions that I have, I want to go all the way back to yeah. the painting that you painted for the house for Ralph. Uh Did he like it? Did he Did he (laughs) like your painting? I forgot to ask that, so I have to back up for just a second and check on that. At the moment, we we both
0: liked it, Um, but now that I look back, and this is kind of what happens, I think, to every artist. I didn't know what I didn't know, (laughs) and um, my skill level wasn't you know it wasn't a novice, and nothing wrong with that. I very proudly displayed it, and we were very happy and. Um, It was fun, but I look back now and I go, oh, wow. Thank God I've come a long way.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Well, and that's, that's really, that's one of my next questions. I feel like your style is very unique. I, Dawn, when she did my class, sent everybody in the class, these gorgeous cards that, represent that you, I don't even know how you turn those into cards, but you you do. And I, I bought a bunch of them and everybody that's on the show now gets, uh, this is a gift from me. And you gave these to everybody in the class. And it to me is a, I watch your Instagram stories. It's a beautifully unique style. And I wonder, has it morphed into that? Did that come out of those original paintings or what is... What defined the style that you do now?
0: Well, um, let me start by saying I first was drawn to landscape paintings, horizon lines and things like that. And I always loved abstract. But when I started painting, we all look at a painting that's completely abstract and we think, oh, I could do that piece of cake until you actually sit down and try to do it.
1: <laughs> yeah.
0: And um so my paintings were more realistic, but I kept wanting to go down that abstract route. I like paintings that I can just sit with and almost it's it's almost like an emotional experience where you can look at something and interpret it in any way possible and everybody interprets it differently and that's what I love about it. Realistic paintings are beautiful, but for me, I would prefer to take a picture to capture it because it works. I want something that can take me on a little bit of an emotional journey or give me a feeling. So I paint based from that point of view. What
2: do I want to feel when I look at this? Well, that's music after my own heart (laughs) right there. What do you want us to feel? yeah okay okay and so just do you feel like this same style that I know of when you do these celebration paintings are they similar in style but almost every stroke represents a moment in these people's lives
0: yes I I would say um the whole painting is intended to represent all of that and I typically, I have to back up for a minute to explain it correctly. I typically, when I do a painting like that, I'll i will have what I call an interview with the client. Yeah, I wanted to ask about that. Um, Tell us about that. It's really just an informal sitting, like two friends chatting. And I have a list of questions that I like to ask, and it's basically... Um, You know, I always tell them, you're not obliged to share anything that you feel is too personal that you don't, you know, you're not comfortable. But my only intention is really to get to know you, like what's important to you. I like to tell them like a glimpse at the essence of what your soul is, what genuinely is your makeup, what you value, what you enjoy, what is important to you in life. And so I'm listening for all of that when I am interviewing them and I'm taking notes frantically. And I usually end up with, you know, four or five pages of notes, and then I will sit on those for a few days, reread them and just meditate on it. And then when the time comes, I start painting and everything is done in layers. And with, I use primarily uh, acrylic paint. And so That sort of paint has to be done in layers. The more layers, the more richer and the more depth you get out of the painting. And then you have these hidden surprises that come through. So you have to learn to think in layers in that sense. And I like to put little surprises in there for them. So it depends on who they are. People have told me, yes, I could tell that's your style because of the way you make the strokes. But yet it's so different than this other person's. But I could tell it's yours.
1: Hmm.
2: So and then it just goes on from there. Yeah. And I really didn't realize that your process was so much like what I've been talking about a lot on the show and in emails that I send out is the layers of sound that I hear before I hear the heart. And it was actually my coach. I just m- mouthed off one day and said, oh yeah, I already know what's what, the North Star. I already know what you sound like. Or I was talking about something. She said, ha, ha, I'll back it up. What <laughs> did you just say? And I started explaining these layers that I hear and then the heart layer. And it sounds like it's very much the same in a way. You know, I didn't put that connection together until you I <laughs> <laughs> Right. And I guess I've never really, maybe I <laughs> have heard you talk about that process, but I was just so focused on something. It it sounds that I didn't make the connection, but it's a hundred percent the same really. And so do you get the vision of the painting in your head in that, in that percolation period? Do you see it in your mind's eye? I see parts of it.
0: Like I, um, I never know what I'm going to get at the end. And that's, that's a process that I've had to learn to be comfortable with. Mm. Uh, the abstractness itself is totally opposite of what we're used to when people paint, for example, something that is more realistic. You know what you're trying to paint and you're laying and mapping it out. But when you're doing something abstractly based on feeling, it sometimes it you start there, but then. Little nuances add on, and you're you're observing it and going, okay. I I see that, but it's not quite where I want to go. So I have to make some
2: adjustments, and I don't know what it's going to look like. It's going to be really cool. Yeah. So no control there. No control. Can't you can't control that outcome? That was a hard one for me. Yeah. Yeah. Well, hard for anybody because we all try to control everything. Yeah. So, and y'all have to, I'm going to link it up in the show notes, but y'all have got to go check out Dawn's work. And her website is dawn, D-A-W-N, B A B-A-J-A dot com. And you'll see this work and it's, it's, it's truly stunning. So do you, do you just do commission work? No. Uh, no. No, no.
0: I, I. I just like to paint and I yeah. feel, um it serves so many different levels for many of us. For me, I've um it's been therapy at times. Mm-hmm. You know, just an example, uh, one of our teenagers, I think anybody who has teenagers goes through challenging times and and they're great kids. My kids are great kids, but you know, as we are adjusting to our parenting and they're adjusting to adulting and all these things that we face it's hard. And I had to change my approach in parenting and the art that I was painting at the time was very healing to me and the changes I was going to, because I was expressing some frustrations, Mm. some feelings out on the canvas, and it was a great release.
2: You know, I don't know if I ever told you this. I may have mentioned it in our conversations. I probably have, maybe I've talked about it on the show. But you know, when my son was little, he was, well, he was, when he was two, he was diagnosed functioning at a three-month-old level with severe autism. And he is a, he's an artist today. You may not even recognize that he was ever on the spectrum. If you met him today, he's a comic book designer. And I truly a tribute, a massive piece of his overcoming success, whatever you want to call it. They put him in art therapy when he was very, very young. And I'm telling you, that changed his life. Oh, yeah. It changed the trajectory as far as I'm concerned. Yeah, I can definitely believe that. It's an incredibly powerful form of expression. Yes. And so personal, I would think. Yes. I um I
0: would say something to people when they would ask me to describe like or get a little more deep into what I do. I find and it basically comes down to this for me. I find that we don't always have words for things in our life. But if you look at music, for example, it's a way of communicating feelings and what is in people's hearts. Now, I'm not talking about the lyrics, but the actual music, right? And so I feel that strongly about art as well. There are times we just don't have words for something, but it's a means of expressing and connecting with
2: people and healing.
1: Mm
2: And you had never, had you ever even been interested in art before you painted that first painting? Was, was it something that you thought would be cool or had thought about? Or? I always liked it. Um, okay. So going back, uh,
0: I did take some classes in college and loved it and wished I could have done more. At that time, um, I, I was never really Exposed to anyone who was a full-time artist or who was able to succeed, and I think this is a pretty common thought process for most people with art is they think of the starving artist or um, you're never going to make it. You better have a backup job, you know that sort of thing. And so I only took elective classes of art because I was already thinking, well, I have to get a real job. Mm. But you know, the reality is I have. I had, and I still have many passions. And so I at least went to another area that I had a passion in. So for me, you know, it, it wasn't
2: that bad. Yeah. Yeah. Why do so many people think it's art and it is singing and maybe math. They think, Oh, I can't, I can't draw. I can't. And it's probably draw. They say more often than not. But so many people think, oh, I can't, I couldn't do art or, or I can't sing.
0: Yeah. Um, That is a really interesting, I, I mean, I have my theories on that. Um, They say that to me all the time. And, um, you know, know, honestly, they would say that. So before I, I jumped into art full time, I mean, I've had other careers. I started out as, and it happened in each career. So Uh, I started as a Spanish teacher, a high school Spanish teacher. I loved teaching and for really, no matter what I do, even though I change careers, I always, I've noticed this, this path in me, it comes back to, I end up teaching whatever it is that I'm doing. So Mm -hmm. I I know that I love teaching. Mm -hmm. I taught high school Spanish. I have, and still have this passion for foreign languages, um, they would say that to me about learning Spanish. And my answer was like, well, you just, Hmm. you haven't had the right teacher. I think personally, I think learning is fun. And when I was learning Spanish, it was a fun thing for me. And I look at languages as something that is alive. It's not this thing that lives on a book. It's actually alive. I use it when I when I talk to people and it changes and I can use it as a tool to express myself. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So I think that, you know, they were not taught the right mindset. And then when I um, switched over after having kids, I, I, you know, I stopped teaching high school because I didn't want to put my kids in daycare. Mm -hmm. So I stayed home with my kids and I, you know, another passion I have is fitness. And I, at that time when my kids were out of diapers, I I started uh teaching fitness classes. And it really was out of two things. I love fitness. It gave me this high that I would, you know, would run off for the entire day. And it gave me that connection with adults that I was.
1: Mm. Yeah, right.
0: <laughs> but people in my classes would come up to me and go, Oh, I could never do it. I could, I, I'm barely. And I'm like, That's not true. You're doing great. You know, and if I kept thinking that way, I would never really have any success anywhere. But I think it really comes down to people not being exposed to a different mindset that allows
2: them to keep growing. So it's really a subconscious, uh, well, I don't want to use the word attack, but it's a resistance, in a way it's like that playing big vocally it's the subconscious goes oh yeah well you can't you're probably not gonna be able to do that oh I'm not good at this it's maybe in that mindset realm like you're talking about it's probably a there's a piece to it about playing small I would agree with that yeah maybe I would agree Although I do think, and I agree with you a hundred percent, I'd never thought about it that way. I've only thought about it from this perspective, the things that I know I personally, my life said, oh, I can't do that is very much linked to psychology of the voice. I have a sister, my middle sister, who is an incredible singer. She's an incredible singing teacher who from a very young age said, you are a horrible singer. Do not ever do that again. Wow. So does that mean that I, you know, I have this belief that I can't sing yet. I'm a voice coach. Right. And while I don't use singing to to teach how, how I teach voice. It was that psychological, there was a, there was a voice story written around that. And I think back to, and I don't know that I've ever told this story, but when my son was in middle school and he was like art had already saved his life and he was an artist and he was going to be an artist. He is an artist. And the middle school art teacher said this to him. You better hope your mom has a lot of money or you're going to be a dishwasher, oh. which you alluded to that a minute ago, you know, that artists don't make any money and you're never going to make it. And it's too competitive. And the same thing happens to theater people. Be anything but an actor. Don't be an actor. And, I, that, you know, a boy's story is formed around that and beliefs are formed around that. Thank goodness My son told me that woman said that and I was able to talk him off that ledge and he was able to continue being an artist. But I'm telling you, he wouldn't have he would have never done art again after that woman said that to him.
0: Yeah. Uh, You just reminded me um, of a a situation that happened to myself, too. This is not art related, but just it goes to show it happens, I think, in every industry. When I was a fitness instructor, first of all, for me, that was a very big uh, accomplishment um, to teach in the gym situation where you have 50 Mm -hmm. people like in a class taking, you know, at a major gym. Mm
1: -hmm.
0: I was not athletically inclined, to say the least, all throughout high school. I really, I really couldn't, I could never make a team in high school. And so there, there was, that caused me to have a lot of doubt about my ability, right? And, Mm -hmm. and then when you get to start teaching classes in a gym situation, uh, there's different types of classes that are known to be very hard. And, you know, you, you, you have to have a very good fitness level. And so I think this goes back to the mindset that we were just talking about a minute ago, where I think I fully believe that if you want to accomplish something and you put your mind in it and there's a strong desire, you can do anything. So with that in mind, there were, there were people in the gym, some colleagues, unfortunately, that I knew were not speaking positive about me Mm. and it was getting around and it, it causes, you know, it really devastates you because you think these people are your colleagues and we're one team. And I remember uh, people that are in the fitness industry or in the big gyms will recognize classes, these class names. Les Mills is a well-known, very high, you have to be very high level fitness to become an instructor there. And uh, I was asked, by my manager at the gym to become a manager with her of all the fitness instructors. I didn't interview, they approached me. And um, they said, we, we like how you talk to the clients and to mm. the instructors and I thought, wow. Um, and so I considered and I thought, well, I'm gonna do this. Well, then the next thing, you know, is they partner up with Les Mills as a gym and they're like, you need to get certified. And I was terrified. I was terrified. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Les Mills has is like very pristine, very elite in, in the fitness classes. They do not just pass people, they will fail you even though you paid they will fail you and they will give you feedback, but all of the attempt to make you a better instructor and they get very detailed in how, like how you can improve, which is awesome if you're looking to improve because most people don't get that detailed in the feedback.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And I, I passed. And for me, that was such a huge accomplishment. And it was a way for me to say to all of those people you know what? What you think of me doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. I was able to do it. And that, you know, it it was huge. It was a huge milestone for me. Yeah.
2: Probably like American Ballet Theater or Bolshoi. I mean, like that's the best of the best. I mean, that Zoanne Burr's dance studio is great, but yeah. this is this is probably the grains of sand of sound like I hear. Yeah. It's it's not just okay good I think you know it's what happened on that word it's yep. probably I've never heard of less males, but that's what it sounds like it is microscopic invasion of every yes. m- muscle movement
0: it's it was amazing and it really did uh, it was the most challenging certification I ever did but it really made a difference. Not only my teacher, I I started seeing it, you know, like
2: anything in life, it starts coming out in other areas. Mm -hmm. Well, and it doesn't surprise me that they wanted you to do all of that because you have such a great heart and the way that you speak to people. And I guess, and this is going to sound negative and y'all know, I'm never really meaning to be negative, but I have worked with a lot of people in that industry. I've worked with a lot of people specifically in the bodybuilding competition kind of stuff. And it sounds really, really competitive is how I'll say it.
0: Yeah, it can be. It can be if you don't have, if the wrong people are hired.
1: Mm, Yeah. Uh,
0: Yeah. But if if you hire the right people and they understand the...
2: Mission and the purpose.
1: Yeah.
0: Yeah.
2: So, really, everything that you have said is about an expression of you. Yeah. An expression of you. And this is where the plot thickens. This is where the play within the play comes out. So, look at this. This is, and this is not a negative to you. This is the point of how powerful our voices are you were able to express yourself in all of these ways, but yet did you feel limited to use your voice when you got here? Incredibly. Limited. Yeah, isn't that ironic? I mean, isn't that just wild? Yeah. So what, what I find interesting is
0: I am a trained high school teacher like sort of secondary education teacher right so they teach you how to present things and how to you know teach and so it's expected that when you first go out and do your student teaching or you're in your first job that you're nervous right and a lot of it stems from just being in front of people okay fine you get over that and then you get your expertise in your subject area and you know like you're good And then I move into the fitness industry and I start teaching and I'm nervous all over again. And I'm like, what is this? I've been, I I've been working out for years, just out of joy and I've been trained and I've been in front of a classroom before. Where is this coming from? Okay. It took about six months for that to go away. And then I move over into art and it's all over again. This, hmm. this nervous expression initially. And are people going to listen to me? Do they think I have value to offer? All of that.
1: Mm.
2: Every single time it was the same yeah. voice story. Yeah. Yeah. That's just more validation on this driver that's calling the shots. And I might even add that the teaching... Now I don't know if Spanish is your native language, yeah. but I don't know it's not. So yeah. not only were you teaching, you were teaching in another language. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's pretty pretty big accomplishment.
0: Yeah, it um, it was really fun though for me. Um, mm-hmm. I I don't know if I mentioned to you, but I lived in Madrid for six years, and I went right after I graduated college. It just felt like I needed to go live in a country that spoke the language, right? And mm-hmm. at the time, Central America and South America was a little iffy with security. Plus, mm-hmm. I, I loved Europe. So I thought, I'm just going to go to the source. And my intent you know, was to stay there forever, but it didn't work out. I was there ultimately six years. And my my goal there was I wanted to speak as if I was a native. I wanted to get to that level of speaking. We all know, you know, what it's like when someone speaks textbook and you're trying to Mm, put sentences that just don't sound natural together. And I wanted to know, part of me wanted to be able to speak at that level. And then part of me wanted to also understand what it's like as an immigrant in another country. Like, how difficult is it? Like, It really made me appreciate people that come over to this country, you know, when they're out there trying to communicate and Mm -hmm. understand a totally different system, understand these little colloquial sayings in our language that don't always translate. Natives, they just don't understand how difficult that is. So it was an incredible experience.
2: That's really cool. And having worked with so many people, in fact, I've worked with somebody from, another country with a a dialect this morning. And those nuances, and they all come with this fear of getting it wrong because there are so many subtle nuances. I said this to my group yesterday. I said, okay, it's one thing across Germany or across the UK, there are a few different subtleties in in a dialect for sure you know they're they're definitely in the uk but good grief there's four in texas you got east texas you got west texas you got central texas they're all different wow. so to come to the united states and new yorkers don't sound like boston don't sound like chicago don't sound like alabama don't sound like west texas don't sound i mean i can't imagine yeah I can't. And then you don't speak the language. I remember when I took the first show I took to Russia and it's all symbols and I'm responsible and I'm on the trying to read, figure out how to do the subway in Moscow. I I just can't imagine. Yeah. But I bet that was an extraordinary experience. It was amazing. Um,
0: I I wish I could have stayed longer but i i really hit a ceiling professionally over there and i you know it was just time for me to move on so yeah. and it was a good thing cuz i came back and i met my husband so
2: yeah i was going to ask i wondered if that was pre-Ralph or yeah if okay. uh if and i and i have to thank your husband because that's how i got to meet you and of course i adore your husband but he introduced me to you and your amazing work. And then we had the opportunity to work together
1: yeah.
2: to eradicate that core driver that said, yeah. you really needed to show up and play as big as who you truly are. Yeah. Yeah. And that's one of the things that I see you do now in your videos all the time. In fact, I when we started the conversation today, before I hit record, I said, well, I wanted to have you on the show because I want people to know about your work, but also because it's, I, 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 love watching all of my students, but there was such a contrast in watching you from where you started. That doesn't mean she was a nightmare and horrible when she got it. it wasn't that at all because I work in microscopic sounds, but to see you be so captivating and enjoying. It looks to me like you're enjoying your videos and enjoying using your voice. Yeah, that surprised me.
0: (laughs) 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 I think one of the biggest takeaways from your class was that I had permission to just be me. Mm -hmm. And it's not something that is really taught so much out there. And and I think we talked about this in the class at one point where all, uh, so many coaches, they teach a, a certain method or mm. this style. And I, one of mine that, you know, I was stuck thinking that you have to talk in your lower register to be taken mm. seriously because I heard it on podcasts that were trending at the time and mm. it wasn't working for me. I felt like I was straining my voice and then mm. I felt like I was going completely flat. Yeah. And so who wants to listen to that?
1: Yeah.
2: Well, nobody. And and the truth is how expressive you truly are.
0: Yeah. You know, um, I think part of it comes from my Italian background (laughs) and always talking with our hands and and when the hands go up, the voice goes up and Mm -hmm. all of that. And I felt like I was restrained and, Mm -hmm. you know almost in like in, in this little prison and who wants to
2: be
1: in that? Yeah. You
2: know? Well, and that's the thing. I think two thirds of my listeners, 80%, 90%, of hundred percent of my listeners are in that prison right now. No fun. No, it's, it's, you know, I, I, I don't know if I said this to you, but I say this to a lot of people when I start working with them, You must be exhausted. Yeah. Because I find when people get here, they have spent 10 years, 20 years, 50 years holding up this voice, this persona of what they think they are supposed to be. Mm -hmm. And nobody ever told us any different. And every bit of information we have is that's not, no, you can't do that. Uh, for of, you know, of all things, don't be yourself. Yeah. Right. Yeah, that is exhausting. And that may be how you felt about your original art compared to the art you do now. Does this art feel more like the revelation of your soul? That first, maybe, but do you feel like there was an unlayering to get to the the purest form of your inspired artwork over time. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh,
0: Absolutely. I, it's, it's a process, right? Everything's a journey. Mm -hmm. And, um, one thing that I've learned is that, you know, our art continues to change and grow. And I went from a process of, of really not knowing anything basic, but trying and having fun. And, you know, you, you, uh, learn little things and you add on almost like a layer, right? You add uh-huh. on layers of what you know. And so you get comfortable with it. You learn more. And before you know it, you just start to expand. And that's what happened with me. And as I I got to see um you know I'm gonna go off topic a little bit but I'll try yeah. it
2: again. yeah in. All good.
0: Um one of the things that I'm very Big on too is mental health. And I've had a therapist for a long time. And I believe I I look at it almost like a life coach. We all need coaches, right? Mm -hmm. And so what I didn't put together until after your class was we do work with our therapist to let go of emotional things that or work through difficult situations that have trapped us in, you know, we get stuck, right? For we get Mm -hmm. stuck. But what I didn't put together until after working with you was, sure, we do that work and we let, we learn to let go and release that emotional stuff. But I didn't realize that there were parts of it lingering in my voice. Mm. And I didn't know
1: how to let that go. Yeah. Yeah.
2: Yeah. And that's so common. You know, the the number of people that have said, but I've, I've worked on that. I've worked on that with my therapist or I've worked on that with my coach, but the body keeps the score. Yes. It's a two part thing.
1: It's even
2: you could even say that about your art. The vision is in your mind. The inspiration is in your heart, but your hand, what is in your muscle memory
1: of your hand creates the beauty that we see. Yep. It is incredible
0: how the body does keep that score and It allowed me to, once I, once I started working through those layers of masks and drivers in me, it was so subtle, but the, like subconsciously, I didn't realize it till a little bit after it just, I felt so free in creating Mm. my art and it was so exciting
2: yeah, I remember you saying that to me and I think that's there's just so much about your story and your work and your voice that it it all goes together. Not only did it free your art, the expression of yourself on canvas but the expression of you vocally. Yes, is what I just lit me up to watch and it always does, but to see your videos now, are you, what what are you on Instagram? It's. Oh, it's 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 Baja artist. Artist. That's what I thought. Okay. And I'll put that link in the show notes because y'all have to follow her, but to, to even see your, I mean, I love watching your videos. You know, people will joke. They'll say, did she just give you a compliment? I've never heard her give anybody a compliment because (laughs) I'm so focused on the sounds that I want to move out of the way that often I've had to really train myself to give compliments. There's always good stuff that I hear. I just want to get, you know, I want to make that, I want to lock that in. And it probably has to do with that. I hear that seventh layer and I'm so focused on getting people there that I forget to compliment them along the way. But I love watching your videos. You hook us from the start. You captivate us. You have all this movement and this expression and it's, Oh, it makes me, it's like, I'm like the proud mom. Oh, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> thank you. You know,
0: it's once I was able to release, you know, all of that stuff I, and I'm still at work in progress, right? We're always, yeah. I, I just, I love learning. And so there's always another level that we can, we can grow into, but I started to reframe my, my way of thinking. And so now, you know, if someone's to ask me, what are you painting here? I'm like, I don't know, but it's going to be really good.
2: (laughs) Oh, wow. Yeah. It's
0: it's just a fun, a more fun way to look at it.
2: Yeah. Yeah. And that's probably so much like fully expressing yourself rather than, well, I don't know, I've got to figure it out and I've got to find the words and I've got to not be too dramatic or too whatever that they might think that I am. It's probably the same in a way.
0: Yeah. I I mean, it's just with the class that I did, I, and I think I mentioned to you, like, I didn't expect the spillover into my entire life. Mm
2: -hmm. Yeah.
0: And that's I mean
2: I've heard must, that before. <laughs> yeah,
0: you must hear that a lot. But it's incredible. And that's why I I told my husband, you know, I he because he found you first and he was working with you individually. And like mm-hmm. initially when he told me he goes, Oh, you should you should do her class, I was terrified. And <laughs> then and then <laughs> and then I'm like, well what's wrong with me? Like what 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 do you think? Um, What do you think? That's wrong with me that I need to do this, and I didn't get it, you know. But it was amazing, and so I now I'm I'm telling him like, you have no idea how cool it is. You've got it. You've got to gift it to yourself. You're worth it.
2: Yeah, look at that. (laughs) (laughs) Well, but I will add something to this to your credit, and this is this is generally my student base. I you were willing to do the work. You were willing to be coachable. You were willing to go to that place of uncomfortableness and learn the mastery of being comfortable in the uncomfortable.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
2: And I, unfortunately, am not sure, tragically, if everybody is cut from that cloth. That's my mission, Don is actually because of the power of the voice and because of everything you have said is for everybody to see that it is their pain and suffering if they, you know, it's, and, I, and when I talk about not coachable or, or rigidity or something like that, y'all have heard me talk about one of my sisters and it pains me. It pains me The way we have such power to do so much damage with our voice. And that there's so much pain and suffering that can be found in the voice and so much freedom and so much fun and so much changing people's lives and impact. And so I'm not trying to do a takedown on other people. I wanna, I wanna compliment you on the fact that you did the work. Because I, you know, I may have not always been your favorite person. (laughs) (laughs) Not true. (laughs) (laughs) It's okay. It's okay. I tell everybody up front there's going to be times you may not like me.
0: (laughs) Yeah. I remember, I remember you saying initially when we started the class, like, just your subconscious is, it's like, it knows I'm here and it is going to. And, Yeah, it sure
2: did. Didn't it? Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Well, because it's, it's safety. It's our voice is, I mean, I'm sure you feel this way about your paintings. They are, well, I don't want to make an assumption. Are your paintings a representation of your soul? Are they a representation of your heart? I would think that they are.
0: Yeah, definitely. Definitely. Um, that and, and trying to communicate to other hearts and other souls.
1: Yeah.
2: And, and capturing them. So, yeah. Yeah. And that's that's what the voice is. That's mm-hmm. what our voices are. And that's why the subconscious, why it becomes so brutal. Yeah. Why it becomes so much. Well, okay. I know I'm going to have to let you go, but I could sit here and talk with you all day long. But the best place to find you is your website and uh and Instagram. Instagram. Yeah, I'm most there. Donbaha.com and Don Artist. Yeah, at Instagram. Instagram. Okay, I'll link those in the show notes. And anything you want to leave, any last thoughts you want to leave us with? Well,
0: uh, it is a learning process and I would just say to people, just really, you can't lose when you keep investing in yourself and you just keep growing. You'll go through uncomfortable spots, but there's always something better waiting on the other side if you just keep
2: going. Mm, so true. So true. And, and that when you were talking about being a lifelong learner and and I made the comment about you being so coachable I think I think coaches are, are so valuable because we can't see our own blind spots yes right I, there's many days I think i'm gonna I'm gonna have to fire that coach of mine because she told me something I didn't like today but I can't see that within myself right, right. so really really good advice. well thank you so much for being here with us today. It's well, always so you. great to see you. thank you for having me. Yes. And thank you listeners. I always appreciate you so much, but I'm going to go ahead and wrap it up. And until I see you next time, you know what to do, get out there and speak your truth. Just do it beautifully. Thanks for listening to Captivate the Room with Tracy Goodwin. You can reach out to her at captivatetheroom.com and be sure to grab the voice formula, a free video series that will help you start making a bigger impact with your voice today. If you've enjoyed this episode, please leave a review on iTunes.